Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds, but not quite noobs, choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashvin. And today we are discussing Inside from 2007, directed and written by Alexander Bustillo, Julian Marie, and it stars Allison Paradis and Beatrice Dahl. In this film, a pregnant woman is stalked by a ruthless home invader. And if you're new to the show, we're going to discuss some background info for the first 15 or 20 minutes that we will keep spoiler-free. And then after that, we'll take a little fake break and play some transition music. And at that point, spoilers will start to fly as we walk through the plot and review the film. So if you haven't seen it, you can hang out for the first 15 minutes or so here. I apologize for not pronouncing anything in the French pronunciation. This is a French film. Uh, it's part of the new French extremity movement, and Ashwin was dreading me picking another one of these after we watched Martyrs last year, I guess. And uh, I'll I'll wait until the end to ask you if you thought Martyrs was worse. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm still reeling from Martyrs. So <laughs> th- this felt too soon. Yeah, too soon for you. Yeah. Um, this is a request from Coop. Oh, God. Evil Coop? Yep. That makes sense now. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted to, uh, we didn't really shout out the people that requested the last two episodes, um, Return of the Living Dead. That was requested by Manny a long time ago, and I feel like somebody else requested that too, but I couldn't find out who. And The Strangers was requested by both George and Jake. So thank you guys for requesting those. Um, I had seen both of those, but it was great to rewatch those. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, this had a lot of similarities to this, the strangers, don't you think? Yeah, I know. And, uh, pretty close release. I think this is what came out like a year or two before the strangers. Yeah. One year before. Right. But I, I think even in the strangers plot, we kind of talked about how all like home invasion movies are kind of like, they, they, there's not like too much of a variation when it comes to the plot. Right. 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 I think this had a couple more similarities too than just the standard home invasion, but I don't want to give any spoilers away just yet. Okay. But we'll talk about that. Um, I've heard it called a slasher movie, too. And I know you were trying to uh, make a case for The Strangers being a slasher, I think, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think this one maybe could be. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I think your pushback on The Strangers was body count. And uh, yeah, I think this one, you definitely do have more of that. So uh, yeah, if if, if that's the criteria, then I, I agree. Yeah. All right. Easy agree there. Uh, Yeah, the subgenre is the main subgenre, I think, is New French Extremity, uh, which we talked about on the Martyrs episode. It's this little uh, spurt of (laughs) blood spurt of French films that I I can't remember the year intervals, but it's kind of like late 90s, early 2000s. And some are saying movies coming out now can still fit into that. I think the movies that often get name dropped are like High Tension, this one, Inside, Martyrs, Frontiers. Those those are the big few that get brought up frequently. Yeah, and I think there's a movie called Them. And and then there are also some, I think, non-horror movies like uh, Irreversible, which I I think was on the early end. But it sounds like there's some movies that aren't necessarily horror, but like a very shocking. Yeah, shocking, brutal. Yeah. a quote from a guy, I think that we read this quote on the Martyrs episode too, but um, 
I think he's just a dude on a social networking site for film fans. His name was Edwin N., but he said it's a crossover between sexual decadence, bestial violence, and troubling psychosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think from what little we've seen of it, I've the only other one I've seen besides Martyrs and Inside is High Tension. But um, yeah, that adds up for all of them, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair to say. Uh, and <laughs> I, I think I saw that movie Irreversible, which uh, I can definitely see the crossover. Um, I you know, I, I was uh, thought this was like the French version of torture porn, but did, have you seen these quotes where this is more about pain rather than the the torture? I think that that quote was specifically about martyrs, wasn't it? Or did that extrapolate to all of them? I could see that being a little bit. There is a little something more to them than the standard U.S. torture porn. There is. Uh, I, I don't feel like I've seen enough torture porn to really call out the difference other than the accents, of course, and, and the subtitles. But um, <laughs> like, uh, are, have you, are, are you like a, a fan of torture porn movies? I'm not, and I also haven't seen a whole bunch of it either, so I'll be choosing some torture porn, some U.S. torture porn in the future to fill out uh, those <laughs> gaps for us. You you don't have to actually. It's a <laughs> it's a there's, there's a lot of movies out there, but but um, I, f- I feel like uh, Eli Roth and like the Saw franchises those brought up as like the U.S. Uh, version. But um, yeah, it does does seem like there's some uh, tonal differences between the movies that we've seen and and those types in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, and I think there definitely was a a bit of a reaction to like torture being in the news and uh i don't think it's a coincidence that these movements were happening at the same time in the u.s and in france oh you're talking it's like 9-11 torture yeah yeah that makes and sense. uh i've also read that the new french extremity may have been partially the result of the extreme right coming into political power in france in 2002 interesting that makes sense. I, I was just reading an article that was saying uh, this wave of like art dates back to maybe 1870 or so, following some like you know huge massacres that were happening back then, and then how it was in the theater for a while. You saw things that would have fit into this genre, and then during World War II, there was all the censorship and uh, a lot was being held back. So then it all kind of flooded the markets after World War II. So I, it's tough to trace back like how, how far back this goes in the history mm, of France. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and I mean it's. People might put out something like, hey, it can be traced to this. And sometimes a person says that and it gets repeated all over the internet. Right. Um, so. <laughs> it, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, not that it's not true, but sometimes we put a lot of stock in these things that maybe just one person said on a social site for film fans and it gets echoed throughout. I don't know, man. I, I've heard everything on the internet is supposed to be true. I, I think there's a pretty high bar for what makes it on there. So, we'll <laughs> but I think a lot of film scholars have made the case that uh, have paralleled the uh, right wing power of France with this. Also, there's political uh, there's political content in this film. It's hard to say how it might weave into the theme, but um, mm. they talk about riots happening, and there's some uh, little touches of maybe xenophobia in the movie too. Um, oh man, I'm surprised you picked up on that. I I, I thought it was obvious, but I, I didn't really see it uh, captured anywhere. Did, did did you did you read up on that? Well, I didn't read up. I couldn't find too much on it in this movie, but um, I I did. You know, the plot involves. It's kind of periphery. There are riots in France in this movie in the suburbs, 
um, our main character, I think, was a photojournalist, and she should be off doing that, photographing the riots, but she's about to be a new mom, so she's she's not. But there's also, like, a scene where some police officers arrest somebody, um, and you can yeah. tell he is probably Muslim or from the Middle East or Northern Africa based on his name and the fact that he doesn't, he says he doesn't um, observe Christmas. Oh, right, right. But, yeah, um, I, I, I thought it was like pretty uh, clear about like the social commentary he was making, but I, I didn't hear like reference or see it referenced uh, anywhere so explicitly. So uh, hmm. it, glad, you, glad you caught that. You mean you didn't see it like in online discussions or analysis of the film? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't really either. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually in the fall of 2005 in France, there were riots in the suburbs, burning cars and people beaten to death and stuff that seemed to parallel what was happening in the movie. Yeah, right. It was right. all caused by two, da- two teenagers who died in a police chase, but it seems like it was really attributed to the bubbling over of tensions due to high youth unemployment and maybe a lack of opportunity and some prejudice in low-income communities and sure. some anti-Islamic sentiment as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of that's still going on in France. Yeah, right? for sure. And then um, French is... And that, I mean, that, that all traces back to the torture, the real-life torture happening post-9-11 and anti-Islam... Anti-Islamism? Is that Sounds a word? Like that. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be right here kind of front and center in the movie. That would be the movie maybe hinting at its roots but um mm-hmm. i think some of french's far-right leadership actually proposed during those real life riots proposed deporting anybody from a foreign country who was playing a role in the riot so mm-hmm. right um yeah there, there could be some commentary there yep um i read somewhere that in some one criticism of new french extremity was that the political commentary can kind of feel tacked on um, and I could maybe see that cause I couldn't quite understand how that like wove its way into the theme of the film, but we can talk through that more after our review. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll be a good discussion point. Yeah. Um, Bustillo and Mari, uh, the directing duo here inside was their feature debut and they went on to direct Leatherface from 2017, as well as a segment in the ABCs of death. And at one time they were attached to Rob Zombie's Halloween too. Um, and a Hellraiser remake, but those, of course, never came to fruition. Yeah. Have you seen any of those films? I know. No. Okay. Well, I've seen Halloween 2, Rob Zombie's Halloween right, 2. Right, right. But uh, I've never seen ABCs of Death. We've yet to get through the Texas Chainsaw franchise, but hopefully we'll make our way to Leatherface. And I'm just, uh, Hellraiser's on my back burner as far as watching any more of those movies. Sure, yeah. Uh, I, I'm kind of interested in, in some of the other uh, French films too, like *Livid* or *Among the Living*. I think *Among the Living* is a French film, um, but yeah, have you, have you haven't seen any of those? No, I haven't. Okay. French films of theirs. Yeah. Bustillo right. and Mari. Yeah, it's cool that they're like this duo that directed and, and working all these films together. That's always interesting when a pair of directors or, or writers even is like a package deal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you, how do you think that works from like a, a salary standpoint? Uh, like, good question, man. I don't. I don't know. It reminds me of that scene in Step Brothers where like they both go in for the interview. Uh, you, you ever <laughs> see that movie? I've never seen that. Oh man, good movie. 
That's going to make people angry, just like Predator <laughs> did. I know. <laughs> um, the woman who plays the the intruder, who's just in the credits as La Femme, or the woman, mm-hmm. her name is Beatrice Dahl. I'm probably pronouncing that last name wrong, but she also started in Trouble Every Day, another film in the uh, New French Extremity Movement by Claire Denis. I assume that's how you pronounce that last name too. God, I'm butchering pronunciations left and right in this. But this woman sounds a little bit off her rocker, possibly. She said she used to work at a morgue and sell body parts, and she ate a dead man's ear on acid one time. And then she went on to marry a random prisoner who was in jail for raping his girlfriend. Oh, my Uh, God. Yeah, she just sounds like she's got some issues. Beatrice? Yeah, Damn. Which kind of wow. uh, rolls rolls well into her character. It does. It does. She's got like such a, a unique uh, like like face for for this. I mean, I, I just feel like she fits this role so well. Yes, I, I think so too. Yeah. Um, and the composer here, Francois oh, Francois Oudé <laughs> also composed the score for High Tension. Oh, cool. Pretty neat. Have you ever seen that one? No, that's one I feel like I need to see. Uh, did you? Are you a fan of that one? Um, not particularly, but maybe we'll discuss it on this show sometime. I, we've yeah. had that requested as well. Okay, yeah, I figured it was about it. To, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Um, the budget here was three point seven five million ish. I had to like dig and do some currency translations for that, and the box office was only seven hundred ninety two million. It didn't have a release here in the states. Oh, so that box office number is all France. It's international, but it's like France, Taiwan, um, maybe uh, two or three countries in South America. It it wasn't a very big release in any country. How much did you say? Seven hundred million. Seven hundred ninety-two thousand. I'm sorry, oh. I did say seven hundred ninety-two million. That that is very incorrect. Seven hundred ninety-two thousand okay. on okay, a three point so... seven five million budget. Sure. So like a commercial failure then. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I'm I would hope this kind of got its money back in DVD sales because there is a lot of buzz around this movie. Yeah, it's got like an 85 percent Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, 85 percent critics, 75 percent users. It's got a merciful runtime of only an hour and 21 minutes. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> it was remade in 2016. Uh, that Rotten Tomatoes score on the remake is 32 for critics, 23 for users. So, it's interesting. Uh, I feel like Martyrs also was remade in the US and was horribly reviewed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. It's interesting. These movies don't translate well when they come to the US. Yeah, and I guess I don't know. I, I'm just like, why? Especially with an extreme movie like this. It's yeah. like such a it seems like such a small target market. It's like. If they're willing to watch the remake, they are probably really willing to watch the original. Interesting. But it's probably uh, kind of marketing for the original as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it drives people to see the original. But uh, I think with both of these, I imagine, I haven't seen the Hollywood versions, but gore is probably way stripped down, right, compared to what we're seeing here? I would imagine, but I'm not right. sure. Yeah. Uh, do you, I, I wonder if they had kept this, a similar level of gore, which I don't think would have passed in the U.S., if uh, you would have seen higher reviews since that that seems to be such like an integral part of these films. Yes, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, it's like a, a film movement known for its gore and extremity and then you're just going to like remake it out of context of the movement and 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I can't speak to it because I haven't seen them. But yeah, you're right. I would guess there's probably less gore. There's got to be less. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that says something about U.S. audiences compared to maybe French audiences where uh, you bring a film like this to the U.S., the immediate tendency is to censor it down a bit, uh, which, you know, even watching this, I, I kind of thought at some points, like, do I need to be seeing all this gore and would the story still hold up without it? Do you have, like, a, a strong feeling on the value of gore and how much gore is actually needed and, and, the, and the value of it? I think it's valuable in that it adds to just the emotional roller coaster that you're on in a film some movies most movies i think don't need it um i think you can make a very scary suspenseful film that isn't very gory at all but if that's the way you're going with a movie i think you can certainly turn that into something that is you know greater than itself and the gore even though that's kind of the talking point of the movie and what it's known for and whispered about like I think it can serve a higher purpose of making the movie as a whole better, more impactful, even more like emotionally impactful too, because it's just hitting you on every front. Yeah. <laughs> if it's gore for gore's sake, then that's a little something different, but yeah. Uh, it's, it, there's definitely shock value to it. Uh, and, you know, I think The Strangers comparison is really good because uh, you don't have the, the, anywhere close to the level of gore that you have in this film, but you do have stabbings. And I feel like that in U.S. films, the tendency is to show someone being stabbed and you see it like for a second and then it's like it pulls away. Whereas I, I think the trademark of this genre is to stay on it. And yes, yeah, it's, it's devastating and, and shocking. But uh, I, I don't know. Part of me thinks it, it does kind of cheapen it up because it's going all on, on shock value then. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that um, I think there's. You could even argue there's something cheap about cutting away so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. It certainly makes the the job of the special effects artists, uh, special effects, special makeup effects artists, more challenging if you're not going to cut away as frequently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's one thing that I, I think these guys did really well uh, with, with the special effects. I think so too. Yeah. Um, well, should we hit the Ohio connection and then move on to our plot run through? Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right. As always, our Ohio connection comes from our friend Alex, who owns the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. If you're in the area, go hang out on Jukebox's patio, get some pierogi and some beer, uh, or order their food from Uber Eats. And Alex says, Inside is a 2007 French horror film directed by Julien Marie and Alexandre Bustillo about the attack and home invasion of a young pregnant woman by a mysterious stranger who seeks to take her unborn baby. This is the first feature film for the directing team, Marie and Bustillo, and was widely praised at the time. Their third feature film, Among the Living, debuted a similar acclaim in 2014 at South by Southwest. Among the other films debuting at South by Southwest... 2014 was the sci-fi dark comedy Space Station 76, starring Patrick Wilson and Liv Tyler. Hey, there's just strangers again. And the directorial debut for longtime character actor Jack Plotnick. Plotnick's acting credits include Mr. Show, Gods and Monsters, Ellen, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Jack Plotnick was born in Worthington, Ohio. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Always hard when it's a foreign film, but he got there. Yeah, you got the, the South by Southwest connection. You had to go nice. by way of South by Southwest. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really funny. I, I think uh, I, some interview I read on, on these directors, they were actually at South by Southwest. So that seems like their, their biggest uh, appearance in the U.S. 
Yeah, I think that really uh, made an impression on some critics there and started generating buzz early yeah. on. Okay. All right, buddy. Well, are you ready to uh, walk through the plot and start spoiling stuff and then review along as we go? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. But um, <clears throat> I'm starting to think I've got something stuck in my throat here. Do you mind if we uh, I, you just give me a second and then we get back into it? Oh, sure. All right, I'll be right back. All right. Hey, buddy, I'm back. Hey, did you get it out of your throat? Yeah, it was uh, really stuck in there, so I just gave myself a real quick tracheotomy and uh, <laughs> then threw some duct tape on the wound, and, and I'm ready to go. Oh, man, that's a great skill to have, isn't it? <laughs> it really <laughs> <Yeah>. comes in handy. <laughs> Watched a quick YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> How to give yourself a tracheotomy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you get like a hair stuck down your throat and you, you just go to town. Yeah, yourself. why bother with all the coughing? yeah yeah exactly i know you're editing this i don't want you to have to cut all that out right (laughs) i did the cutting so you don't have to thanks man appreciate it you're welcome um listeners this is a very violent movie and so we'll probably walk through in detail some of that violent stuff if you're a regular listener i'm guessing it won't bother you but i felt the need to give a little bit of a warning that this is probably going to be more graphic than usual yeah, let me know when you get the graphic parts. I'll, I'll cover my ears. Yeah, Ashwin, Ashwin will be leaving us now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you'll get a little squirmy listening to just the description of these things. Uh, but the first shot of the movie is a peaceful little baby in utero, a shot of a fetus, and there's a voiceover of a woman saying, my new baby finally inside me. No one could hurt him now. And we hear the sound of a car crash. We see blood in the in uh, the uterus, and um, then we see that two cars have collided head on. There's a couple inside one of the cars. It's a woman. She's alive, and she speaks her husband's name, who's unresponsive. They're both bloodied and bashed. She glances down at her belly and gives it a rub, and she's she's pretty pregnant here. And then we transition into the credits um and i will talk about the credits but what did you think ashran it's a little unusual to start a movie with some cgi in utero uh (laughs) footage here so what did you think of this i i actually thought that was really cool to see a car crash from the perspective of a baby uh in in utero and that that's 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 kind of unique and uh because yeah you have no idea what's going on and you just see it kind of move a little bit and then you realize this horrific thing has happened outside of it so i I thought that was a really cool uh storytelling uh method what what did you think i thought it was a little strange and then i thought it was kind of on the nose that the mother said like my new baby like finally inside me no one can hurt him now and then car crash <laughs> like it just felt on the nose the timing of that comment yeah yep yeah. but uh i think i that was what i wrote down at the time but by the end of the movie i had a very changed opinion of that scene okay um so we see the car crash we see this woman in the car with her pregnant belly and her husband has died next to her and we transition um 
to the credits, and the credits themselves are very blood-soaked. It's like you see blood running down something, and you can kind of make out maybe a baby in the blood being like scooped up by someone's hands. Um, very sad, ambient, dramatic music playing while the credits roll. It just felt a little more significant than in most films. Like it felt like there were important things happening in these credits and it was gory. Like it was getting a little repulsive right off the bat here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my dread for what was to come just that grew exponentially during this. <laughs> what did you think we were seeing there? Uh, you know, I, I didn't know anything about the plot here. Oh, but, but what, what did we, I think we were seeing in, in the credits? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I thought it was just, uh, I, I didn't think it was like anything integral to the plot. I thought it was just kind of imagery uh, to prep you for the level of gore that the film was about to bring on. Okay. I thought maybe it was like the baby, like, being like born or removed from the mom or something like that. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I assume go the back. baby had died. I see. Yeah. I, I don't want to go back and see it now after seeing the film and, and see if there was some connection to the plot. Yeah. Well, uh, after the credits, um, we get some text on the screen that tells us that it is now four months later after the accident, and Sarah is at the doctor, and the baby is doing fine, and we learn that her labor will be induced by her doctor tomorrow morning. Um, It's kind of a grim, barren, cold examination room. Her and the doctor are pretty stiff. We see a nurse afterwards come up and tell her a horror story of her own birth. Uh, She's smoking a cigarette right in front of this pregnant woman, and... Uh, Our main character here, Sarah, calls her a twat. Somebody else walks up to Sarah, who we soon learn is her mother. And she's got a little bit of a contentious relationship with her mom. Her mom's really just trying to help, and she kind of wants to be left alone and is standoffish with her mom. It kind of seems like maybe we're developing Sarah as perhaps unpleasant or just depressed or something like that, Ash. Yeah. Which I, I feel like you can kind of relate given like the car crash scene and, you know, she's kind of doing this on her own. Yeah. But yep. yeah, I'm sure she is depressed. Yeah. Was it clear to you who each of these characters was like that, that that was her mother and then that woman that was talking to her was, you know, uh, like, yeah, I assume she was a nurse that works there or something. It was unclear to me that that one woman was her mom because Sarah calls her Louise. Right. And she doesn't look that much older than Sarah. I know. I thought they were like sisters or something. Yeah, I thought it was odd. I I had to like piece even piece it together at the end. I saw there was no mom in the credits, just Louise. So I assume <laughs> that had to be the same person. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting because yeah, you have like two or three characters coming in uh, here, and, and yeah, you kind of don't know the, what the relationship is. Yeah. Well, after this appointment, she goes to a park and meets with her boss, who we find out he's the one who's going to pick her up tomorrow morning and take her to the induction. Um, after she is like told her mom, no, I don't need you to stay the night at my house tonight. We also learn uh, here that she's a journalist who should be photographing the riots. If she weren't pregnant right now, that's what she'd be doing. And we learn that this takes place on Christmas Eve, so she'll be giving birth on Christmas. Uh, which is really kind of a sad state of affairs that she's going to be home alone on Christmas Eve and has asked her mom to not stay with her on the eve before she gives birth to. <laughs> yeah, this is about as depressing as it gets. Right, right. Um, so she comes home. We get like a romantic flashback of her husband uh, interrupted by a smash cut of him, her memory of him hitting his head on the windshield during the accident. 
Uh, she has a nightmare at some point of the baby coming out of her mouth, preceded by a whole bunch of white vomit, um, which is kind of setting the mood on the tension and the gore. And then someone knocks on her door. It's a woman who pretends that their car broke down, but they soon reveal that they know her name and they know that her husband is dead. The woman walks around to a giant glass window and punches a hole in the glass. Uh, Sarah freaks out, calls the cops, and takes flash photos of this woman standing at the window. The cops come by, take some info, and they tell her they'll check up on her later. The photos she took aren't great, so they aren't super helpful to the cops. Um, But she goes and develops them, and when she does, she sees a photo she took at the park earlier that day and notices the same woman standing at the bush in the bushes at the park. So it's clear that this person has been stalking her. Also on the TV, there's some news coverage of the Paris, uh, the suburban riots in Paris. Um, they say something about accidental death and immigrant families. So again, they're, they're kind of hitting the, uh, the xenophobia in there and, and touching on the political situation in France. Hey, did uh, this whole sequence, uh, did this seem real to you? Or was there any part of you that thought maybe this is someone like uh, imagining all of this? There was a little part of me that thought maybe, because we did see a little bit of a dream with the baby coming out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But there was a part of me that thought the rest of it was a dream too. Um, why do you think we both thought that? I have my reasons. Uh, I mean, because, you know, we, we saw the image of her, like, imagining her husband's there, the, the whole vomit scene, w- w- like, seemed, like, a little over the top. So uh, and I, I kind of just felt like she was, like, tripping out, maybe. And then, yeah, talking to someone through the door who, like, knows who she is. So I, I feel like these were all signs of, like, maybe something in her imagination where the enemy is something in her head. But w- what about you? Right. I guess maybe with the flashback of her husband and the dream, like, they may be trying to, like, set her up as an unreliable narrator, possibly. Mm-hmm. But I also noticed that the lighting was really kind of hazy. Oh, um, yeah. So it, that had a very dreamlike atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think that also gave that impression. Um, which it sounds like was intentional to make the intruder seem kind of, like, ghostly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, she also calls her boss, and she tells him something strange has happened she leaves him a voicemail saying something strange has happened um tomorrow when i'm in labor can you enhance some photos for me did you Um, already mention that she called the police too yeah and the did i i think i mentioned that the police came and everything oh okay cool oh maybe i didn't um no i mentioned that she called the police and then they come they she shows them the photo it's not that helpful because it's not a great photo and they say they'll they'll swing by later to check on her right um and then we we see the intruder is in the house there's a scene where she's just like lurking behind her which i thought was a great scene yeah me too that was was so cool she did look very ghostly yeah and it almost seemed like she was floating right um, uh, it, it really reminds me of uh, the strangers. I, I feel like the strangers kind of borrowed from that with how like those guys would pop up in the background of Liv Tyler. Yeah, like they're just in the house. They're not taking action immediately. Right, right. Just hanging out being creeps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Sarah heads to bed. We see the intruder 
going about her little business. She smells some baby clothes. So this is the point where you're guessing she might want the baby for herself. Uh, she dips some scissors in hydrogen peroxide or rubbing alcohol or something. Gets uh, on Sarah's bed and runs the scissors up Sarah's bare belly. And inserts one into Sarah's belly button. Uh, Sarah wakes up screaming. She uh, gets her face slashed by La Femme. And then Sarah counterattacks with the lamp on the bedside table, smashes it into La Femme's head, and escapes to the bathroom. Uh, and we get a cutaway of the baby being tossed around, another in utero vision again. Um, what did you think of their decision to keep cutting back to the baby periodically throughout the action? Uh, not a fan. I mean, I, I was a fan of it when they showed it the first time, but then I think when they start showing it repeatedly, I, I didn't think that was entirely necessary. What, what did you think? I agree, and then I kind of felt a little bit differently at the end of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a last-minute decision made in the editing room and suggested by the editor. Apparently he was like, hey, there's two two main characters but really there's three main characters and one's the baby like we need to see the baby yeah i I don't know if that was the right decision or not i don't know because yeah all all the other gore is like so practical and then to insert this like cgi in the middle of it it just kind of breaks up the uh, the continuity yeah yeah it it does really break up the feel of the movie Mm -hmm. Uh, especially yeah like you said it's got a distinct visual feel and style and, and it really breaks it up right um so now Sarah has locked herself in the bathroom. Her water breaks, and she's in extreme pain, and she's got this gigantic slash right across her mouth from the scissors that uh, the intruder has struck her with. Her boss arrives at the house, and the woman answers the door. The intruder answers the door, and her boss just assumes that it's Sarah's mom. Uh, the intruder asks him to stay for a drink and Sarah has, has her ear to the door in the bathroom, but I'm not sure if she can hear anything of this, uh, that her boss finds one of her photos that she took of the woman and assumes it's the one that maybe she mentioned in the voicemail that she wanted him to enhance. So his suspicion is perhaps raised at this point and slowly raising. Yeah. Yeah. Her mother, her actual mother enters the house and then leaving the boss to wonder, well, who the hell is this woman? Uh, at this point, I think Sarah starts screaming upstairs or she hears Sarah upstairs or goes upstairs to check on Sarah. And she opens the bathroom door and Sarah stabs her own mother in the neck with a knitting needle because she assumes it's La Femme. Um, and that was another big similarity to The Strangers, right? Yeah. Now that you're talking in theory, yeah, that's exactly killing Uh, someone on accident who you assume is the bad guy yeah wow i think you're right i think the strangers really borrowed from this film yeah and we had talked about in the strangers episode about uh the strangers perhaps being like a play on words of yeah there are strangers outside but perhaps the the coldness in the relationship is alluding to the fact that the two main characters are a bit of strangers to each other and Mm -hmm. inside i think is a you know the woman is inside her house, but there's also a baby inside her that the woman wants. So yeah, there are a lot of layers. Yeah, to this. Um, to stab someone in the neck, uh, you have to see their face, right? Um, I think you just need to generally know where about the person is. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, you, I, I feel oh, like, you think like she would have seen her face in time? To, I think the door was opening, and she was like, "I'm gonna stab this woman in the neck." And like, once your body's set on that motion, you can't. Yeah. You can't back out of the motion quick enough. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've never stabbed someone in the neck, but I, I assume like the face is, gets captured in that, and uh, while you're aiming for that, but maybe she was just neck vision only, and then. <laughs> neck vision. I mean, like if you were. If I thought someone was in my house and I was like, I'm going to punch them as soon as they walk in here. And then I'm like already into my punch and I realize it's you. Oh, yeah. You'll probably get punched in the face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like even harder once you realize it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Some some sort of subconscious pent up aggression. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I hear it, man. I hear it. (laughs) Yeah, the intruder was going to kill me, but Ashvin didn't really understand why Return of the Living Dead was funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know which is worse. <laughs> the whole humor thing just came back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the mom is just in shock, starts stumbling down the hallway, spraying blood all over the wall like a fountain. Um, and Sarah's, you know, in shock and saying, Mommy, um... And downstairs we see that the intruder is now dealing with Sarah's boss. She stabs him in the crotch with scissors and like twists the scissors around. Blood is just streaming from his crotch. She stabs him in the face a few times, which we cut away from a little bit, but there's a couple uh, impacts that we we really see. Um, Were you... Oh, go ahead. Slices his throat. What, what? Did you have to look away at all, or did you watch this whole thing? No, I, I there wasn't a point in the movie where I looked away. How about you? Wow, that's cold, man. I I, I couldn't. I, I had to look away a lot, especially like when she, when that guy's getting his crotch stabbed. stabbed. Yeah, was, I mean it's it was it was a rough watch, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I guess I'm just calloused at this point. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I know I'm worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> um. He comes back to life as she when she thinks he's dead. She goes to suffocate him with a pillow and then stabs his face through a pillow and blood squirts out of the pillow. And the sound design in this movie this movie's not only hard to watch, but it's hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. The sound yeah. design is brutal. Like we hear flesh tearing and like sinew and tendons snapping and breaking. It's Yeah. It's, it's very vivid. Real. Yep. Yep. It haunts you. Yeah. Did you did you think that was a realistic kill? Because, uh, you know, he was already suspicious. He now knows that this woman wasn't her mother, and he basically turns his back to her and, like, is just, like, loitering on the stairs to see what's going on, like, giving her, like, ample opportunity to come up behind him. Did, did you think that was realistic? Um, Yeah, I think maybe. I think it, we maybe make the mistake in a movie of assuming everyone's going to act logically and time of trauma or emergency and he might have just been in shock and wondering what the hell was happening like sarah just stabbed her own mom why would she do that Mm. yeah yeah he could still just assume this is some other woman that sarah knows and i don't know why she lied but whatever i guess i guess yeah i guess your mind doesn't immediately jump to this person's gonna try to kill me this guy didn't watch enough horror movies yeah (laughs) he didn't (laughs) clearly (laughs) um so yeah let's see they uh they have a showdown where Sarah's you know now crying locked in the bathroom, 
The intruder's at the door, and Sarah asks, why me? And the intruder replies, I want one. Uh, she says, like, you don't want that child. I'll take good care of him. Mm-hmm. And now the cops show up. Uh, they've got this guy who's the prisoner that we mentioned before, who's probably from the Middle East or North Africa, mentions he doesn't observe Christmas. They picked him up in the riots. Um, let's see. So they leave him in the car. They come in to check on Sarah. The intruder answers the door and they assume that it's Sarah because it's a different crew than was out before. Um, to come to the door, Lafemme like pins this dresser to the bathroom door so that the handle won't turn. And Sarah stabs through the door to like make a hole big enough to reach her arm out. And I feel like this is maybe a little bit of a low key trope in horror with like a vulnerable limb shot like that's like exposed yeah like when you just see someone's arm or foot or hand or leg out in an exposed place and you're like something horrible is going to happen to that limb <laughs> yeah that's why you should never wear shorts in a horror film <laughs> just <laughs> cover, cover it up <laughs> do one better don't even bother having limbs in a horror film yeah exactly. or just like walk around like you with your limbs in your shirt like when you're cold yeah, yeah, that's the safest play for sure. Yeah, and a pant, <laughs> wear pants that just have one pant leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just basically a tube. Just hop around all movie. Right, right. Um, so La Femme has, has gotten the cops to, to go away, and she comes upstairs and pins Sarah's hand to the wall with scissors. Uh, the cops realize, hey, that woman wasn't pregnant, and they come back into the house. They try to arrest her. Um, but the cop who tries to arrest her gets a knitting needle in his eye uh, while the other is upstairs trying to get Sarah out of the bathroom. And then he heads back downstairs and, uh, oh no, wait a minute, what happens here? So yeah, he gets her, he opens the door to the bathroom and we see his face like, okay, he's going to help her. <laughs> and his face just gets blown in half Yeah, because <laughs> the intruder has stolen the other cop's gun. That was he- a pretty, pretty gory and um, well done's practical effect there. It it was yeah that his face like half blown off looks pretty amazing. Yeah. Um. He, all of this like seemed realistic to you that like this woman, uh, basically took down a cop and then stole the gun and took down another cop and like her, her body count total is at like three so far I think for the night. Um. I, I I just can't imagine like cops would be so easy to overcome the way she she got that one guy. I think it could have also been a commentary on the police force in French, like, or in France. Um, I'm not totally sure of that. Like, maybe there was, the police were accused of being, I think police were accused of being, like, too brutal um, with French citizens, which is maybe part of what led to the 2005 riots as well. But here we're, like, we're seeing the opposite, right? I think here we're kind of seeing bumbling. Hmm police officers but realistically though if someone is prepared to like inflict very real deadly violence i don't think it's unrealistic that they could take down a lot of unsuspecting people really all she's killed at this point is sarah's boss and that cop yeah i think those an accident but i I think those are two suspecting people because the the boss knew that this woman that i've been talking to isn't the mother 
so I, I, I can't say he was like entirely unsuspecting. Then this cop realizes that this woman who had been harassed earlier in the night, uh, the door was just answered by someone who wasn't her and pretending to be her. And so it was clearly like probably the person that was, you know, stalking this woman earlier in the night. So you kind of, the, the police like obviously should have known this person is a threat. Yeah. I mean, he did, and you know, he was trying to handcuff her. She just, she got the jump on him. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Did this take you out of the movie? Uh, yeah, it just seemed a little careless on on some of these characters that were killing. And I get like this is like for body count uh, and for gore, but uh, yeah, so, some of these be- uh, characters just felt like uh, not entirely believable given the circumstances of what was happening. All right, all right. That's a nitpick to me, but I, it is your nitpick. If it takes you out of it, it takes you out of it. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it doesn't like it doesn't uh, pull away from like the plot or anything. But uh, yeah, it's just a minor thing. Gotcha. Um, so uh, the officer in the car realizes something is wrong just as, uh, the intruder is going, is about to like try to take care of Sarah and he comes in, he leashes the prisoner by like tying some sort of rope to his handcuff and heads in and he gives the prisoner a gun and they find her in the bathroom and we see behind them the intruder just like walk by the open door of the bathroom that was really cool i think that's one thing this movie does really well is like shots are framed in a way to really create suspense yeah she really is like a ghost moving through this house even the way she's dressed and and like how her facial expressions are uh she's like one of the best stalkers i've seen yes um and then like she turns the power out right oh yeah she cuts the power yeah, and the the cop and the the prisoner like leave the room, and we're left with this POV shot of Sarah like staring at this open doorway, like wondering what's happening out there in the rest of this dark house. Mm-hmm. And it's just shots like this that make the movie really suspenseful to me. Right. But they also don't really like rub your nose in it. It's not like you get a zoom on the open doorway or anything. You're just kind of sitting there waiting, wondering what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Great uh, cinematography. Yeah. Um, also, this prisoner who's in the house with the cop is just like barfing, and he's like, "Please get me out of this awful place because the house is just a bloodbath and like, yeah, littered with corpses at this point." Right. Um, they come back. They tell her the intruder went out the window. Everything's fine. Um, they go downstairs, and she lays in the bed, and then we get like a few more suspenseful shots of like the bedroom doorway. And you're just kind of waiting for the silhouette to step into frame. And downstairs, the cops are like going to check something out and we hear gun gunshots. And then the prisoner yells up, Hey lady, she's still here. And the prisoner gets a pair of scissors to his forehead. Uh, and he, in like one of the more disturbing scenes of the film, for some reason, he's like weakly, swinging the scissors through the air trying to like maybe attack somebody even though his like brain has been punctured and his body's yeah. not working right anymore yeah that's brutal. Uh, and la femme is just like sitting there smoking <laughs> and smiling as he struggles yeah yeah that's rough yeah i think sarah's just so exhausted at this point that she falls asleep upstairs in the bed um, or at least I guess maybe it's pretending to because we get this weird erotic moment where La Femme crawls up on her and she's like rubbing up against her and like kind of dragging her lips across her pregnant belly 
and like trying to kiss her and Sarah bites her lower lip off. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't understand the eroticism of this scene, but the director said that this was her like wanting to feel and touch what it's like to be pregnant. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also, somewhere in the uh, ensuing chaos that happens after this scene, I think it's made clear to the audience that La Femme is wearing a wedding ring. Um, oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, we catch a glimpse of her hand come up into frame with a ring on it, and the score has kind of a high note in it. Um, you know, like sometimes a shining silver mm-hmm. or gold will there'll be a like high note sound effect of like the sound of it shining. Yeah, um, it wasn't <laughs> as sound. on the nose as that, but it was like a hint that that we're seeing something significant. I see. Very interesting. So at this point, I started to wonder, like, okay, we never saw who was in that other car, so maybe like her husband was in that Mm -hmm. car and Sarah killed her husband in the crash and she's getting revenge. Right. Um, Sarah goes downstairs, grabs a knitting needle. The intruder catches up with her, kicks her in the face multiple times. For some reason in these movies, I always find like the blunt force to be even more like traumatizing than the the gore. It is, Um, it is like the sound that comes with it. Yeah, just because I felt like both of this and Martyrs played it so real. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like an action movie where someone can get, just get punched in the face and keep going. It's like <laughs> brutal and bloody and they always have like tragic music playing and uh, it, right. it's visceral. It is. Um, so there's a showdown here, the final showdown between Sarah and the intruder and Sarah points a knitting needle at her own belly holding her baby hostage. Uh the La Femme counters by quickly grabbing a toaster off the counter and whacking her in the face with it. And Sarah's face is just oozing blood. It's coming out of her mouth. Um, and just when the intruder thinks she's got the upper hand on Sarah, she lights a cigarette. Sarah grabs some, like a spray bottle of cooking oil or something like that and sprays it at the light from the, the lighter of the cigarette. And then she just is basically engulfing La Femme in a ball of flame from this spray bottle and burns La Femme's face to shit. That was um, so badass, wasn't it? It was pretty badass. Yeah. La Femme's hey. kind of... Oh, sorry. I'm really going into vivid detail on this plot. Something. We're like an hour already. <laughs> I know. You're, you're insisting on hitting like every... <laughs> I feel like every, I've got to hit every gory moment. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. I'll uh, take a breath. You can talk now. Wasn't one thing I was confused about uh, when uh, the cop, the, the the third cop, came in with the prisoner. I thought he handed Sarah a gun when she was in the bathroom. Do you remember that? He did, and then she like went to bed with the gun next to her, and it just kind of got lost in the <laughs> shuffle. That's that's what happened to the gun. <laughs> you, have a, yeah. you have an intruder in the house, and he just like kind of the gun just gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I mean, that was very strange. She should have just, like, kept it under the blanket and shot. Yeah, that's a um, that's more than a nitpick. That That's a hole. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, or, or, I mean, just not give her the gun. Uh, it, it's just weird that he would have given that to her, and then we never see her actually use it, and they get into this more kind of combat mode. Right, it's kind of like, what's the point? Yeah. From a, from a screenplay perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's the opposite of Chekhov's gun. Right. Um, so the intruder kind of like goes away, like 
crying out. Her face is burned. And Sarah is like choking on her own blood in the kitchen, gives herself a tracheotomy with a knitting needle and ducks, duct tapes her neck. Um, she gathers herself, makes a spear out of a kitchen knife with some other thing she uses as a handle. And the score gets kind of badass. And um, we get that typical badass close up shot of her like eyes open wide as she like readies for battle and the music kicks in and she's looking all around the house for the intruder and finds her in a closet and the intruder says go ahead kill me again and she's like well what does that mean sarah hesitates and we get a flashback to reveal that that cgi in utero footage was actually inside the intruder's belly she was driving the other car and the car crash killed her baby and she considers sarah at fault for taking away her baby and she's going to take Sarah's from her. So that was quite a twist. Did, did that, did you see that coming at all? No. I mean, it, it sounds like you might've uh, had like an inkling of that in the beginning that the, this might tie to the accident. I feel like I thought about this like a fraction before it happened or something that like, wait, we just assumed uh, the, the character in the other car. I, I, I think actually what, as soon as she, she said like, you can't kill me again or something, then it kind of like dawned on me, oh, this person was probably in the initial accident. But what about you? Yeah, I didn't pick up on it, even though the movie really does kind of spell it out for you. Like, you hear a voice say, my baby's finally here. You see Mm -hmm. blood in the uterus. Um, You kind of assume the baby is going to die, and I think what you see in the credits is probably her giving birth to the dead baby. Um, Oh. Because sometimes that's just what you have to do got uh, it to do it who knows um interesting but i i'm not a specialist in that area so i I don't know if that's for sure what happened but that was kind of what i assumed i was watching in the credits like okay our our main character lost her baby then we cut to a scene where it's like four months later and the baby's fine i'm like oh okay but (laughs) really there was significance to those credits i think interesting yeah Um, that makes a lot of sense good catch yeah yeah, and then I think when you see the wedding ring, you can start to put something together. Um, but I, I thought it was a cool twist, even though a savvy viewer probably could have put it together. I certainly didn't see it coming. No, yeah, me neither. Um, yeah, and then I think what happens now is that the lights, the power suddenly comes back on, and it's the third police officer who you just assume was dead. He's like back in the mix but he's got both of his eyes punctured out of his sockets and a giant hole in his head from a gunshot wound and he assumes Sarah is the intruder he can just hear her I guess because he can't see or maybe he can barely see and he starts beating Sarah he hits her in the belly and blood gushes out of her vagina Um, the intruder then kills him because he's about to kill the baby and uh, (laughs) which at this point in the movie I'm like this movie is insane. Like <laughs> it, it can barely go like two minutes without some intense violence happening. Yeah. It's got um, a problem. <laughs> Sarah now is going into the labor on the, going into labor on the steps and she's being comforted and soothed by the intruder who now looks like a monstrosity. She's just got a charred face. It, she, it's quite a sight to see. Um, Sarah says, I think it's stuck. And then, we see those scissors come out again, and here comes a full-blown 
C-section, she cuts into her belly button and slices vertically up Sarah's belly. She reaches in and starts pulling the baby out as we see a shot of blood pouring down the steps and we hear Sarah calling out for her mommy. There's a lot of gross stuff in this film, but this scene was the hardest to watch for me. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely looked away. I mean, you you watched this whole thing? I did, yeah. And I watched the unrated version. I'm not... Did you watch the unrated version? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like Whatever it was, was this this was hard, though. This, This was like, yeah, this was the worst of it, I think. I think also it's because, like, it's what you're afraid of happening the entire time. But you've also seen a lot of shit go down and you've kind of thought like, okay, finally maybe Sarah's going to make it out of this. And then to have it end with this tragic music playing as what you feared would happen does happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like physically gut-wrenching and emotionally gut-wrenching at the same time. It is. It is, yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't clear to me, though, that she was going to die because she she was like in... she. I feel like she was kind of on a roll like like five minutes before when uh, she was coming to kill that woman. So I, I, I thought like this woman might trying to be trying to save her, but I guess you can't save someone if you're giving them a, a live cesarean. I think if you're not a trained professional and you're giving someone a C-section, then yeah, they're, they're going to die. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so we fade out of this C-section scene and fade in on the intruder walking away from the steps, now holding a baby. She sits in a rocking chair and rocks it and it starts to cry. So you see the baby is alive. And then we see a shot of Sarah on the steps with her stomach wide open and her eyes wide open. And she's clearly dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final shot is just a like a pull out on the intruder, rocking the baby and kissing it with uh, sincere music, yet sad music, like some violins playing. And that's mm-hmm. the end of the film. Sorry, yeah. I really went through that in detail more so than I know. usual. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for all, <laughs> all, the, all the reminders. <laughs> I just like, for some reason, as I was watching it, I felt obligated to pause it like every two minutes and write down what was happening, which I, I normally don't take that vivid wow. notes. Wow. I can't imagine pausing this film, like, especially on like the type of gore you're seeing here. Uh, I, like, yeah, I would just kind of like have to look away. It was getting really bad. I was enthralled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might have problems. Yeah, there might be something you want to get checked out. Did you <laughs> think Martyrs was harder to watch than this? Or You know, surprisingly, I, I do feel like Martyrs was a little harder because I, I feel like more of that was like someone slowly being tortured. And they, this one is, is kind of more slasher, being people being murdered versus then tortured. What, what did you think? I think in, in some ways, one was Inside was harder than Martyrs in some ways, and Martyrs was harder than Inside. Martyrs was like more sad and tragic and... Mm-hmm. Um, hard to watch inside was gorier but it was so much more action-packed that it felt like there was some amount of fun to it yeah right yeah i, um, I feel like the, the the plot setup uh is definitely more uh digestible than like the martyrs plot yeah yeah it's almost like an action film the way it plays out like something's always happening right right yeah um but what did you think of the movie as a whole aside from the the gore 
aside if from the court. you can somehow remove that aspect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it took me uh, like a day or two to remove that aspect from it until you just brought it back. But uh, outside of that, like, I, yeah, I thought this was a great home invasion film. Uh, I loved uh, La Femme, like her, her whole appearance and her movements and uh, her backstory. I thought it was just so cool as like someone who's intruding uh, and, and it, like really effective type of uh, horror. And uh, the, the whole battle between her and, and the main character, uh, I, I just like really appreciate it because there were kind of so many similarities between both of them, both having come through certain traumas, but then kind of fighting off with each other. It was really cool. Uh, I, I did think of some of the body counts uh, where people were just thrown in to add body count and might not have been the most uh, reasonable or logical characters. Um, but I, I thought it was overall like still fun, uh, a, f- a fun watch and a good story. What, what did you think? I agree. Um, and uh, one thing you didn't mention that I thought really added the mo- to the movie was the score. Mm. I yeah. thought it was a really cool score. It had a lot of grating, harsh sounds, which really yeah. matched the the visceralness of what you were seeing and and hearing in the sound design. Um, but it still managed to be musical as well. I thought that was great. Right. Um, oh, I was I was gonna say like there were certain parts of the score which like didn't even sound like music. It was just like very like uh, yeah like like grating sounds that uh, would just like yeah cause a lot of tension. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I think the acting was great. Both, uh, what are their names? Beatrice Dahl and uh, Alison Paradis. They were both phenomenal in it. Um, and not an easy movie to act in, I imagine. Um, but they did great. And yeah, like you said, the the image of La Femme like, lurking through the house, I thought the cinematography was really great too because it really made the space creepy and it knew where they knew where to point the camera to maximize suspense um the action scenes were all filmed really well it wasn't disorienting or too um i don't know like it it was really relentless without being a mess right um it has a lot of like evil dead vibes to me um just in that it never stops like something's always happening and just when you think you saw like the grossest, splurtiest, nastiest thing, they they top it. Yeah, um, it keeps one upping itself. Yeah. Um, by the way, there was a, a thank you in the credits that said many thanks to Sam Raimi, and he'll never know why. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, I don't know entirely what that was about, but I don't yeah, think it's cryptic. a coincidence that there are some similarities to to Evil Dead. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like uh, they, they kept the plot moving by continuing to introduce uh, new characters? I, I feel like that would, like, every time the movie, like, would get kind of slower, the plot wouldn't be moving, then, like, someone else would enter the house. Yeah, I do think so. Um, and I, I kind of, like, heard your uh, criticism of, like, maybe throwing things in just for the sake of body count. But one of our criticisms of the strangers and this was like this is a slight spoiler i think you're okay to keep listening if you've if you've seen the strangers but there is a person who comes into the mix that adds to the body count and then one of our complaints was that that didn't fundamentally change the structure of the movie like after that everything went back to normal right um right. here i suppose you can make that case but i think that you really see hope every time a new person comes onto the scene you see hope that Sarah can get out of this. Um, it, it's not like with the strangers where it's like, well, still, what are they going to do now? Like there is real tangible hope and you feel kind of on the brink of it. 
Right. Each time. Each time right. a new character comes onto the scene. Yeah. Right. Right. I think that really keeps things moving, and it keeps you emotionally invested in the film, and it keeps it from getting monotonous like The Strangers. Yeah, did. it does, and I also feel like uh, each new person, uh, each kill, I feel like is very different and, and keeps it fresh. Like I don't feel like any two people are killed quite the same way in this one. Yeah. Yeah. They are. They aren't. It's it. It's creative kills. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. Right. And the. Like we said, the gore and makeup effects were done really well. Um, Jacques Olivier Malone is the guy who did that, so that was a great job there. Um, I yeah, I think it was a really good movie, man. I my only minor complaint, maybe this the f- semi frequent. They probably only do it five to six times in the movie, but the cutaways to the CGI in utero shots. I it made sense to me at the end of the movie because I was like, well, if you're going to do it at the beginning and use it as a mechanism to disguise the fact that that's not actually the mom's voice you heard, it's, it is a mom, but it's a different mom and a different baby than you thought, then it would be kind of suspicious to only do it at the beginning of the movie and not cut back to it periodically. Oh, so it was there to kind of remind you that like when they do cut back, like, oh, this is something you've seen but you, the whole time you've been thinking it's like a different perspective. Yeah, yeah, like this is that baby again. Or like just to make it a bit more cohesive um, and not make it so out of place that you saw it at the beginning. Uh, you know, actually, if, if you're going to use that argument, then, then I, I think it's even more confusing because you're saying in the beginning you're seeing the baby that was in La Femme, but then throughout the film, like during the attack scenes and like when she's like getting hit in the stomach, we're seeing the baby that's in Sarah, right? So those are two different babies then? They are, yeah, but I think the the continuity there is meant to think, okay, it's normal to see pictures of Sarah's baby during this film. Um, mm. So retroactively, but, you kind of just maybe assume, yeah, that, that's the baby I've been seeing the whole time. It's Sarah's baby. Yeah, right, right. But I still think you could have just done the whole movie without any of that, because that was what the original uh, cut was, I think. And you could have just had that voiceover of my baby's finally inside me, like nothing can hurt you now and still hear the audio of the crash. But you could have the footage, the audio, the video be on like B-roll of the, the rainy day in the countryside or whatever, right? You, you don't have to be looking at the baby when you hear that. And, and right, you could still right. achieve the same effects. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Avoid the CGI. Yeah, so I think I land on avoiding the CGI even though I I, I see the argument for it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't a fan of, of those cutaways. I, I didn't think it was necessary. And sometimes during those action scenes, I felt I feel like it broke up the intensity of what was happening. Yeah. Um, do you think this like you could pinpoint a theme of this movie? I think so, man. And I, I think it, it, it ties to the, the political... I, I think there's a, a social and political commentary here uh, about in, inside where someone's trying to get something that's inside of you and showing that as a parallel to maybe the, what's going on in the background in this film with the riots and the idea of like immigrants, um, you know, being attacked uh, in, 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 like, uh, in, in France uh, as like maybe they're coming into a country, you know, from, from like the, 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 the French perspective, uh, how they were viewing immigrants potentially as like, you know, invaders into a, a country or something and try, trying to steal something. Was this woman maybe trying to steal uh, a baby that didn't belong to her, but then also realizing that this woman is a direct 
uh, result of something that had happened uh, as a result of Sarah. Like, I, I mean, I think they, they, their fates are pretty intertwined in terms of the creation of, of her as a monster, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they really humanize La Femme as the story progresses and you realize what's happened. Like, it's a little bit more understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, not and- excusable, but you... Uh, you can understand where she's coming from and, and things get more complicated than they originally seemed yeah exactly do, do you think that was a, a parallel to like the, the immigration friction or crisis or, or whatever was happening back then i was having a hard time having my brain connect the whole like anti-immigrant sentiment to what was going on with sarah and la femme but uh you i think you did it i think that's beautiful i, I think that makes a lot of sense you could yeah, look at the intruder as an immigrant into the country, um, you know, taking something that per- some might perceive doesn't belong to them, but uh, it's not so so simple as that. It's more complex, and everyone's a person with their own story. Um, and I think, you know, some people may have very clear opinions on immigration, but it's one of those issues where it is really complex, and the more you think about it, there's not always a great answer and uh i think that that may be a bit of a theme with just the three movies i've seen from this new french extremity and and some things i've read critics and analysts pinpoint as well as that maybe there are some themes of like things aren't quite what they seem and they're a little bit more complex and complicated and messy right right and uh i could see that here for sure yeah, that, that's what I love about like foreign uh, cinema. I, I feel like Hollywood has a tendency to make things more black and white, good guy versus bad guy. And I, I loved here that it was more of a gray area and there isn't like a clearly defined uh, good or bad person. And like everyone kind of has their reasons for what they're doing. And it's, it's right. pretty complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I also was wondering if there's like some sort of theme of just, and maybe I'm borrowing from Martyrs here too, of like pushing through the pain and that there's, something worth living for and that life goes on like Mm -hmm. sarah was kind of like maybe punishing herself like choosing to be alone on christmas eve not on not any christmas eve but the the night before she goes into labor like yeah you want someone there and, and in case something happens like she's presumably overdue at that point anyway she could go into labor at any time like it the fact that she denied her mother being there maybe says less about her relationship with her mother and more about her relationship with herself at that point. Um, because her mom, like from what we see, even though she's not on screen that much, seems like loving and giving and wanting to be helpful. But then Sarah is going so far as to give herself a tracheotomy with a knitting needle. Like that's how strong her will to survive is, even though she's in this utter low point in her life presumably from her attitude and actions right right Um, yeah yeah she just wanted to go to that length to save her and her baby's life yeah yeah and i won't spoil martyrs but i feel like martyrs had a similar theme of like there's some underlying thing to life other than just (laughs) being happy and avoiding pain right Um, right there's some reason to live whatever that may be maybe it's just (laughs) the pure desire to survive yeah. Um, or you could argue that it's some like deeper sense of peace that exists through all the physical and emotional pain you might endure in life. Um, <laughs> and the only way to get to it is through physical, like a, a extreme physical pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, some people f- legit feel that way. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could see that. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely like a, a shared commonality with these movies. Indeed, man. Um, do you think uh, the idea of giving birth on Christmas, uh, do you think there were any like ties here to uh, Jesus or anything? Yeah, that's another thing where I was like, there has to be some significance to the fact that this baby would would have been born and probably was born on Christmas Day. Um, I, I Again, it was like the two parts of my brain couldn't really connect that fact with with the theme of the movie but what do you got no that's that's as far as i got i thought you'd take it the rest of the way <laughs> I, I couldn't either uh, i'm picturing like each of us for an hour just like looking at a piece of paper and pencil like hmm <laughs> well. i think i think la femme was supposed to be like santa claus uh delivering <laughs> the, <laughs> delivering baby jesus on <laughs> exactly <laughs> with a pair of scissors there's a deleted scene where she crashes through the chimney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Throws a piece of coal at Sarah's face. Yeah. <laughs> You've been a bad girl. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, what zero to five belly button punctures, what do you give this? Oh, man, yeah. Uh, so, obviously, I'm not a huge fan of gore, and a lot of this movie was hard to watch. Uh, and after I watched this, I had to just not think about it for a long time. But having taken some time to uh, think about the movie and distance myself from the gore, which admittedly was generally well, I, I think I would give this uh, four. Did you say scissors through the belly? Uh, belly button punctures. Oh, four belly bu- button punctures uh, for me. I, I thought it was a great, great story, fun, awesome, awesome home invasion movie. Uh, what about you? Wow, man, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I thought that the events that unfold in this film couldn't have been staged or planned any better. I can't really think of much that could or should have happened differently. It was all timed, paced, acted, scored, shot, edited nearly perfectly. My only minor complaints were the CGI baby view and I couldn't decide if I liked it or didn't like it, but it was shot in a really low light setting, like Sarah's house was always really dark. So I think part of that made the view kind of look a little like pixelated at some points or a little hazy. Yeah. Um, like the picture itself. Mm-hmm. But then when I, I, I heard I... the directors talk about the desire to make La Femme kind of ghostly, I could see the benefit to that. Yeah. I, I thought that was because like, this is a movie from 2007, so it might just like look a little dated or something, but um, it sounds like that was purposeful perhaps. I think it was a little bit purposeful, um, and I'll probably make sound like an ass right now. I've been trying to learn more about cinematography, um, and when you shoot in a low light situation, there are like settings on the camera or types of film that you can use to um, accommodate for that. But one of the side effects can be like what's called noise in the picture. Um, if you're shooting digitally or if you're shooting on film, it can make it even more grainy than, than film would be normally. Um, and this was shot on 35 millimeter film. So I think maybe what was happening there is that they had to use a film with like a high ISO setting, which is a thing I recently learned about and don't fully understand in order to capture enough light for us to actually see. But that made the images a bit more grainy. Oh, okay. Okay. Because the shots in the bathroom where the like, fluorescent light in the bathroom was on was very clear a yeah clear image. right yeah right right yeah that makes a lot of sense 
so that may have been what what was going on there um so it was slightly distracting but also did add a little bit to the like a supernatural feel even though there's nothing supernatural in the movie right right yeah i, th- I thought it was really cool because it kind of blurred uh, her between like a, being a real person and a ghost this is yeah. pretty effective right so so what was your rating then anyway yeah and all that rambling i never mentioned i give it four and a half. Oh, nice that's high i i was trying to like thinking about maybe going to a five but in my gut five didn't feel right and i th- I think it's mostly because of the cgi baby view that that i am not going that high oh okay wow yeah because it really crazy. is inconsistent with the like feel and look of the movie it is yeah it is yeah it's it's kind of distracting did, yeah. did you give uh martyrs uh, a pretty high score too i think i only gave martyrs like a 3.5 which is right. good but but yeah yeah so you enjoy this one more I enjoyed this one much more. Like I could, I could see myself watching this again, even though it's so hard to watch because it really, it reminds me of the evil dead so much in the way it makes me feel of just like, Oh my gosh, like this never stops and things like keep happening. And I can't believe they <laughs> topped what just happened. Like, yeah, yeah. It just turns <laughs> it, just it up keeps... to 11. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. That's so disturbing. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. <laughs> I do think the violence uh, served a higher purpose in, in in a sense though. Like it's it did, man. I you know there were some shots in here like uh, the blood on her face how how it made her look and then when she was lying on the bed where it's just like beautiful cinematography um to to see like yeah, how they showed that blood on on like the gore on her. Yeah. Yeah, and it just really adds to like the will to survive and and enduring mm-hmm. through the pain and like yeah. I guess, yeah. Does. <laughs> uh, okay, everybody, that has been our very long discussion on Inside. Sorry for my detailed, gory walkthrough. I got a little carried away. Um, <laughs> if you enjoyed it, you can give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps other listeners find our show and makes us happy. Uh, if you want to connect with us, go to horrormovieclub.com. You can find our social links drop down on the site. And from there, you can find our Facebook and our Twitter, which is where we mention what we're going to be covering next week. Uh, If you go to our Twitter account, the pinned post is a link to where you can buy a set of coasters, uh, five coasters. One contains our logo and the other are pop art images of some of our favorite horror movie characters. That is done by Amy May Pop Art. You can find her at Etsy.com by searching Amy May Pop Art, all one word. She also does our cover art, so thank you, Amy, for that. If you want more content from us, you can go to patreon.com slash horrormovieclub, or while you're on horrormovieclub.com, you can just click the big orange Patreon button. And for a buck a month, you can gain access to some bonus content. Uh, We've got, I don't know, five to seven bonus episodes out there and let's see anything else i think i got everything so until next time if you're super pregnant it's christmas eve and you're scheduled to give birth bright and early the next morning maybe cut yourself a break and let your mom stay over at your place they say you're less likely to stab someone in the neck on accident if they were staying in your house <laughs> is that true <laughs> i hope so <laughs> i'll say I, I don't know that could go in both directions right that could have made things worse i don't know if you're super pregnant i don't know what you should do yeah <laughs>